pastor in Staten Island, Johnny, he's going to be coming up to give us the word. Thank you, church. Good morning. Let me just uh, fix my iPad that Justin tossed at the ground. <laughs> good morning. It is always good to be here uh, with you all on a Sunday morning. Um, so today... Uh, we're going to, like Justin said, continue in the book of Luke, and we're going to spend some time talking about one of probably the most famous parables um, that Jesus preached. If there was anything in my life that I could snap my fingers and become, it would be a plant person. <laughs> Scrolling through Instagram, seeing these people with just walls of plants next to these windows with beautiful natural light coming through. I look at that and I want that to be my life so bad. And it should be attainable for me. My dad had a green thumb. He always kept our, uh, our front and backyard immaculate. He spent hours out there pulling weeds and pruning bushes and planting flowers. And uh, our, our yard always looked pristine, right? My grandfather, when, when he immigrated uh, to California in the, in the 60s, um, decided to make his yard compl a, a complete garden. I mean, it was insane. He had these beautiful rose bushes, different color rose bushes all around the edges. He had lemon trees. He had an orange tree. Uh, it, was, it was fantastic. He used to win awards in his, in his little town of Oxnard uh, because his garden was so beautiful. But when I look at the snake plant dying <laughs> in the corner of my office, I'm reminded that this is not a life I will ever have. This is not a thing that Jesus has called me to. It's not something he's equipped me with the tools uh, to do properly. If you don't know, a snake plant is almost impossible to kill. And I'm on my, like, third one in three years. I'm... <laughs> They're disposed, I'm treating them like disposable plants. They're, they're <laughs> planting and farming and sowing and growing. These things are very difficult to do, right? It's not an easy task. It takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of patience and it takes a lot of effort and it takes a lot of investment in order to do this properly so that the things you're trying to grow can thrive and grow the way they're supposed to. And so today we're going to look at how Jesus takes this idea of planting, of, of, of sowing and growing, and compares that to our lives with God, to how God puts his word inside of us. And so if you'll read with me today from Luke 8, 4 through 15, And when a great crowd was gathering and people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable, a sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot and the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock and as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among the thorns and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, 
He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. But for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes to take away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But these have no root. They believe for a while and in time of testing fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life and their fruit does not mature. As for the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that to us it has been given to understand the secrets of the kingdom of God. Lord, as we dive into this uh, uh, text into this passage, we ask that you would make our hearts that good soil already, that we would hear what you have for us today, that you would open our hearts, that we would hear uh, uh, the voice of the Spirit speaking to us. Be glorified in every word that is spoken today. Amen. And so the first thing that I want us to, to see, to look at, um, as we examine this, this parable and Jesus' explanation of it, is that we are partners with God in his work. And Jesus says that God's word is like a seed. He compares it to a seed. And so let's think about what, what that means for a second. Let's think about a seed, right? The seed contain, contains everything in itself that's necessary for life. The harvest is already contained inside the seed. But the conditions that it's planted in determines how it will grow and if it will grow. Anything that grows needs proper condition to do so. Right? There are conditions that need to be met for anything that is alive to grow. Right? People need proper nutrients and sleep and exercise to grow properly. Sourdough starter, which was another pandemic hobby failure of mine, <laughs> needs room temperature and consistent feeding to grow. Coffee beans need the right mix of temperature and elevation to grow properly and to taste good. Fungi needs humidity and darkness to grow and to thrive. And when these conditions are met, we see that growth happens but without these conditions, growth does not occur. It might happen a little bit. You might see a few sprouts. You might see a little bit of growth, but ultimately it will not mature into what it's supposed to be. And so what Jesus is doing in this parable is he's writing an equation out for us. He's saying that his word plus our response equals a bountiful harvest, equals growth. God in his wisdom and sovereignty, think about this, church. In all of his wisdom and sovereignty chooses 
to make us partners in the work that he is doing in us. And so if we're partners with God in this work, if our response is part of this equation that Jesus is laying out, then that means that we have a responsibility to properly respond to God's word. Today, right now, in this room, we are all here hearing the word of God. We're all sitting here hearing the proclamation of God's word, of the gospel, of the good news of Jesus. And praise God for it. This right now, what we're doing is so incredible. It should be the highest point of your week. It should be the most important thing that you do all day. It should fill you for the week that's going to come later, right? Hearing the proclamation of God's word is such a valuable and precious part of our lives. It's a privilege to be doing what we're doing here today. Right? Paul says in Romans that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This proclamation of God's word is a key ingredient to our faith in Jesus growing and being strengthened and maturing. But Jesus says something interesting in this parable. When his disciples ask for him to explain it to them, he says that there are those who seeing do not see and hearing do not understand. Now, this isn't a contradiction to what Paul said, that faith comes by hearing the word of God. But rather, Jesus is giving us insight. He's giving us a better definition of what it means to hear the word of God. Jesus is telling us what type of hearing is necessary. And he does this by giving four examples of people who hear God's word. And we're going to talk about each of those for a second. But think about this first. There are four examples he gives, and they all start from the same exact place. They all hear the word of God. But only one of them produces fruit. Only one of them matures to the point that they're expected to. Only one of them goes the distance. And the difference is in the way that they respond to what they hear. Let's look, at these, uh, let's look at each of these examples. The first example Jesus gives will summarize by calling a casual hearing of God's word. Right? Now, a casual hearer might treat the word of God like a sitcom or a song on the radio or a podcast that you listen to or a novel that you're reading. It's good. It's interesting. And when you're done with it, you're done with it. The moment passes and you move on with your day. A casual hearer might be content just hearing God's word, hearing scripture through 15-second snippets on Instagram. And never reads the word for themselves, never opens the Bible, never, never pursues scripture further than that. A casual hearer might have their attention split right now between Instagram scrolling and the preaching of God's word. Yeah. 
Step on some toes. Ultimately, this type of hearer is placing very little value on the word of God. This type of hearing treats God's word as trivial, as optional, as no big deal. And Jesus says that this type of hearing and responding to God's word does not create the appropriate conditions for it to take root and grow in you. The next example he gives we'll call a shallow hearing of God's word. Now, a shallow hearing of God's word receives only the feel-good things that Jesus promised. And if you read scripture, it is full of things that should make you feel good and fill you with joy. But a shallow hearing buys into a version of the gospel that removes suffering and removes sacrifice and removes self-denial. And they buy into a version of the gospel that promises only prosperity and only healing and only happiness and only convenience and only comfort. This shallow hearing of God's word is a purely emotional hearing. It's a purely emotional approach to the word of God. It does not count the cost of following Jesus. It has no depth. And again, Jesus says that this response does not create the proper conditions for God's word to take root and grow in you. The third example that Jesus gives here, we're going to call the additive hearing of God's word. Right? This hearing makes Jesus an optional addition to your already full life. It holds Jesus on the same level as your job, as your family, as your hobbies, as your friends. This type of hearing is, is embodied perfectly by the rich young ruler who spent his life devoutly following God's commands. But when push came to shove, he chose the pleasure of his wealth over following Jesus. And again, Jesus says that this response does not create the proper conditions for God's word to grow. Now, before we go on to the fourth example that does bear fruit, that does create the proper conditions, I want us to think about these three examples. Because when you read this, each of these three types of, of hearers get to different levels of maturity. And we might be tempted to think that one of them is better than the other. Right? Because one of these hearers never gets anywhere with God's word. They hear it. And it's in one ear and it's out the other. The devil snatches it from their heart. They don't grow at all. But the next type of hearer grows a little bit. They have some roots. They just wither away. They get burned by the heat of persecution. And the next type of hearer goes even further than that. They start to produce some type of fruit. They start to grow. But as they walk over time, the, the thorns of the cares and pleasures of this life choke out the fruit before it fully matures. But here's what I want us to understand. From a farmer's perspective, 
each of these scenarios is equal. The farmer is no more happy about the plant that almost bore fruit than he is about the seed that got eaten by the bird. In the farmer's perspective, these are the same exact thing. They bear no fruit. Jesus is laying this out for us in all or nothing terms. Jesus is drawing a clear line in the stand. He's saying that there is a distinction in what happens when you hear the word of God. Ultimately, you produce fruit and endure to the end, or you don't. And so let's hold the weight of that as we talk about this next and final scenario, example that, God's, that, that Jesus gives us about hearers of God's word. And this fourth example, we're going to call an abandoned hearing of God's word. This is how Jesus describes it. He says, as for that in the good soil, they are those who hearing the word, hold it fast in a good, in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. And so this abandoned hearing of God's word clings to his word above everything else. Right? Scripture says we hold to it. The New Living Translation puts it in a way I really love, to cling to it. What does it mean to cling to something? It means to hold on to it with everything you have. It means to white-knuckle it. It is the opposite of what Justin did with my iPad right before the sermon started. Right? Picture being on a roller coaster scared of heights. That harness is holding you in whether you cling to it or not. But if you've ever been on a roller coaster and you have even the slightest fear of heights, you're going to cling on to that thing like if you let go, it's going to whip open and you're going to be shot into the sky. <laughs> right? This is the type of approach Jesus is saying we should have with his word. Hold on to it at all costs. Like it's the most important and valuable thing that you've ever held. Hold on to it like your life depended on it. Because church, it does. And what does it look like? That means in your day-to-day -day life, for every decision you have to make, big and small, you are consulting the word of God for direction and wisdom. That means that you are taking time to read and to study scripture, not just when you feel like it. But the way that you eat food, it's a necessity for life. If I don't do this, if I skip too many meals, I'm losing strength. I can't think straight. I can't make good decisions. I can't be who I'm supposed to be, and eventually I'll perish. It's treating God's word as a non-negotiable. Whatever I got to move around in my day, whatever thing springs up that causes me to reprioritize my morning, 
The thing that cannot be bumped off the list is God's word. This is what Jesus is telling us to do, right? It never doesn't have a place on your home screen. This is the type of hearing that Jesus says is going to produce fruit in your life. Elsewhere in the gospel, Jesus goes so far as to say that you should love him so much that you should cling to him and his word so much and so tightly that when others look at your life, it should look like you hate everything else in comparison. Paul echoes that sentiment and puts it this way. He says that his entire life is trash, is rubbish, is basura in comparison to knowing Jesus. And this is where all the other responses fall short. They're conditional. And they're temporary. They're optional. But a true and proper hearing of God's word should raise such a response in you that come hell or high water. Feast or famine, happiness or pain, highs or lows, hills or valleys, trials or triumph. I am holding on to this word no matter what comes my way. I might have to let go of other things. I might have to let go of other places. I might have to let go of other situations. I might have to let go of other pleasures, but I am not letting go of God's word. I'm holding to it tight like a pit bull locked jaw. And Jesus says that this is the only way we are to hear his word. There is not another option. You hold to it with everything or you will lose all of it. A proper hearing of God's word is not passive. It takes action and intentionality. True hearing necessitates a response to what is heard. And that response is essential to God's word growing in us and producing fruit. And when we do this, Jesus is also giving us a promise here. He says that when we do this, our life will bear fruit. And it'll be greater than we ever imagined. And that brings us to our next point. That a proper response to God's word produces incredible fruit. You see, what makes a seed such a good metaphor for God's word is because it does the unthinkable. Seeds make absolutely no sense. Like, I understand how a seed works. Like, I get the science. But I don't get it at all. 
Jesus tells a story in the Gospels. Jesus makes another comparison uh, about a mustard seed. And he says the mustard seed is such a tiny seed. But when it's planted, it creates this massive tree that others are that that animals and birds are able to make refuge in its in its branches. They're able to make homes and be safe and have sustenance from a tiny seed. That's unthinkable. This is only kingdom logic. This doesn't make sense on any other level. And this is how Jesus describes the word of God. He says the word is is like a seed. And so just like the entire harvest is contained within the seed, everything that you need for life is found within the seed of God's word. And that's why we can abandon everything else in pursuit of the fruit of God's word, knowing that beyond a shadow of a doubt, it will produce a harvest that's going to blow your mind. It's going to produce a harvest that doesn't make any sense. It's going to confuse you. It's going to confuse the people around you. Now, we don't talk about things these days in terms of folds, right? 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. But the audience that Jesus was talking to when he said this, the idea of a seed producing a harvest a hundredfold was impossible. Like we were saying, agriculture is a tough business to be in. Anybody would have been overjoyed with the 30-fold. They probably would have been happy with 10-fold. But Jesus is saying it's going to take your expectation And it's going to completely blow it out of the water. And Jesus affirms this when he says things throughout the Gospels like, Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. Or when he says, Don't worry about anything, your Father in heaven will provide for all of your needs. Everything that you need is found in clinging to the seed of God's word. So church, the peace you're searching for and the love that you're searching for and the security and the safety and every single, need, every single thing you need in abundant measure, far beyond your expectations, far beyond your imagination is found in the proper hearing of God's word. And all you need to do in the most simplest terms Jesus gives us is to cling, is to hold. Sometimes we mix our roles. Sometimes we forget that everything is contained within the seed. And we think that we got to add things to the seed. But Jesus is saying, no, 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 the seed has everything you need already. All you have to do is make sure the conditions are right for it to grow. All you have to do is cling to it and hold to it with everything that you've got. But the thing about a seed is this. It doesn't grow overnight. 
It grows over time. And so the picture that Jesus is painting for us, what Jesus is telling us is that for this word to bear the fruit that it will bear in your life, you have to hold on. And then he says you'll bear fruit with what? Patience. Now that's tough. That's where it gets tricky. Because I could hear God's word today and cling to it till tomorrow, no problem. I could cling to it as I drive back home, cling to it as I have dinner tonight, cling to it as I go to bed. But on Monday, I got to go back to work. And the kids got to start school again. And all the responsibilities of my life come crashing back in. And it gets a little bit harder to cling. It gets a little bit harder to hold. It gets a little bit more tempting for me to say, let me put this aside and take care of a few other things first. Let me add to the seed. But Jesus is saying that any other approach to his word except clinging and trusting will come up empty-handed, will come up with nothing. When you plant a seed, there is no indication that a seed has been planted. And I think that's hard for us to accept and swallow sometimes because everything today is fast, right? Everything is sped up. We have access to things and information at wild speeds. Now, I'm not old, but I'm old enough to remember dial-up. Oh, that's like a minute and 45 seconds of wild sounds. <laughs> Crossing my fingers, hoping my mom did not pick up the phone. Because then we'd have to start all over again. And now, if my upload speed is not hitting at least 306 megabits per second, if this website takes more than 0.6 seconds to load, I'm resetting the router. I'm doing speed tests. I'm like, what's going on? This is broken. I'm about to call Verizon. We're used to things taking fast, but that's not how a seed works. And faster isn't always better either. If you've ever microwaved a slice of pizza, you know faster is not always better. Do yourself a favor. And put that joint in the oven. It's going to take a little longer, but it's going to be worth it. And so as you hear and cling to God's word, don't get antsy when it doesn't produce what you think it's going to produce, when you think it's going to produce it. You just got to trust. You just got to know that under that soil, the seed is doing whatever it has to do. And when the time is right, I'm going to see a sprout. And if I keep the conditions good, when the time is right, I'm going to see a flower. And if I keep the conditions good, when the time is right, I'm going to see it bear the fruit that I knew it was going to bear. Beloved, you must resolve to hold on to the very end to run the race, to finish the marathon, trusting only in Jesus every step of the way. 
And ultimately, if we can cling to God's word until the end, if we can endure in this life, then we're going to see the salvation that he promised us, the fruit, the ultimate fruit that he promised us. Eternity with Jesus, far greater than anything we could possibly conceive of here on this earth. And so as we close and as the band makes their way back up, Here's my question for us today, church. How have you been hearing God's word? Have you been a casual hearer? With the word stolen from your heart before it begins to grow? Or have you been a shallow hearer who receives with joy but lacks the depth to persevere through testing? Or have you been the additive hearer who just makes Jesus another data point in your life, another checkbox in your day? Jesus is inviting us today to be the abandoned hearer, clinging to God's word with everything we have so that it can produce the harvest he said that it would. Church, the beautiful thing is that Jesus exemplified this already in the most spectacular fashion. As the living word of God, he was put into the ground like a seed. And like a seed, he rose from the earth, producing a harvest a hundredfold. Producing a harvest that nobody expected, nobody anticipated, that made no sense. Spreading the gospel far beyond any expectation. And giving life and forgiveness to all those who would trust in him. We're part of that harvest. And because of the work of Jesus, we can trust in him to save us. And produce the necessary fruit in our lives. As we hear the word, hold fast to Jesus. And bear fruit with patience. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your good word. We thank you for your word that is a seed. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would help us, that you would strengthen us, that you would teach us, that you would show us how to cling to your word with everything we have. Knowing that none of this is done in our own strength, but that we can trust in you to accomplish what you said you would accomplish. Help us, Jesus, to trust and cling to you and you alone. 